Why, hello you. It's Mr. Warren Hayes here once again with another AEW Dynamite review. And we're doing this one once again, a, a little bit in instant reaction mode. Dynamite is done. I'm recording this. Yeah, you know, just a, a few a few minutes after Dynamite, just like, you know, to get all my notes together and get everything assembled. So I'm a little more instant reaction-y again this week. I've got a, I got a busy Thursday tomorrow, and usually I like to record the day after, but I'm officially recording this on May 3rd. So, you know, no, and just last week I was saying, you know, gosh, I wish I had, I wish I had slept on, you know, the Dynamite review from two weeks ago. Because I had to do another instant, you know, a, 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 an immediate post dynamite recording well, like I'm doing here. And I kind of regretted it. But here I am again. Look, it's either that or, or, the, or the dynamite review arrives super late. And I don't want to do that because I, I want to take care of my audience. I want to take care of you, you know, who, you know, who subscribe to, to the channel. Uh, subscribe, by the way, if you're not already a subscriber here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren. Or if you listen on your favorite podcast audio, you know, maybe you're just like, you're waiting for this for your commute home or whatever. I want to provide. I, you know, I'm a, I am a, uh, I, I'm in tune with the people. I just want to, you know, no, but, but, but seriously, you know, I, I'm, I really do have a really big day and I'm like, man, when am I, when am I even going to be able to record this? And then throwing it up on the podcast audio, throw the audio up, right? It's fairly simple. It's pretty straightforward. It's, it, it's the, the, the processing on YouTube that's a pain in the ass, that it's always a little, a little up in the air and sometimes, you know, just fails out and even in 2023, it does happen sometimes, so I'm like, eh, I might risk like getting the the, the YouTube version up like uh, you know twelve hours later than when it should. But here's a pro tip for you: if you you know, I always appreciate and you know and and I push a lot for the subscriptions here on 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 YouTube. But if you subscribe to the uh, to the podcast, you typically get the audio before the video. That's typically something that happens. Because like I said, the audio is really easy to push out. Uh, you know, it doesn't take hours to process. So it, it usually goes out first. So if you really wanna hear this stuff first, well, you know, you get the, you get the podcast going. And if you're already on the podcast, think you're like, ah, screw YouTube, well, congratulations. You're, you're, you know, you're, you, you, a winner is you. But uh, listen, I want to thank you all for 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 jumping in, uh, for uh, pulling this up, for joining me on this calvacade, which we are about to embark uh, uh, upon. Specifically, the um, didn't I thought I muted my phone? This is what happens when you do the instant reactions. Yes, yes, I'm coming to do new daily challenges on Marvel Snap in a little bit. <laughs> well, let's just jump right in. May 3rd, 2023 is the dynamite we're talking about from uh, the CFG Bank Arena in Baltimore, Maryland. One of the great pro wrestling crowds, as Tony Schiavone reminded us a few times. 
Um, if you are looking for some thoughts of mine regarding, by the way, because, you know, as many of you know, I like to talk about the meta, you know, things that are going around AEW before getting, if there's anything really interesting to stick my teeth into. Uh, of course, there's the whole Wembley, um, the, the whole Wembley Stadium attendance, which is just going fantastically. Another great day of sales on the, the next, uh, on the, uh, on the, um, the second day of pre-sale, which was today, I think they're up to 45,000 tickets. Then another day of pre-sale, if I'm not mistaken, on Thursday. Then the general population will get their crack at it on Friday. So, I mean, this show is going to do, is has this show already has done tremendous business, right? Um, but uh, look, if you want to hear more of my thoughts regarding that, well, I talk about it on the Mr. Warren Hayes Show podcast proper, so you can check that out. It's a full topic this week, so you can go and give that a listen. I'm not going to rehash all of that, but you know, those were my cliff notes, if anything, as to, uh, you know, if you want a little more in detail, in depth analysis and thoughts, well, you head on over to the other spot. But we're going to start off tonight's review by talking about Adam Cole, Bandito, Orange Cassidy, and Roderick Strong defeating the Jericho Appreciation Society team of Angelo Parker. Matt Menard, Dan Garcia, and Jake Hager. Chris Jericho is uh, joining uh, commentary. Of course, he's uh, wearing the uh, the Britt Baker t-shirt, the one with the shiner, the black eye that uh, she got accidentally when she got blasted by the uh, in the face by the uh, by the outcasts. This caused a lot of uh, discussion over the weekend uh, in regards to the um, well, whether or not this was an appropriate shirt. To, uh, to put out for sale, right? Because, uh, you know, a woman has a black eye. So, you know, we're instantly thinking, oh, you know, domestic abuse. And, uh, yeah, look, I'm of two, two schools of thought here. Uh, I can appreciate uh, people voicing their concerns as to whether or not this was a good t-shirt, a, a good photo to put out. Um... Because uh, because of the way the photo was taken, you know she, you know she she she's looking very intently into the camera. Yeah, it's very dark. You know the the, the blacks are highly contrasted in the, in the in the photograph. Uh, she looks, uh, uh, you know she 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 looks sad. It's a it's a bit of a distressing image. That's the vibe that it, that it uh, generates. So I can understand where people look this and says, well, she looks like a domestic abuse uh, survivor, right? Um, and that made a lot of people angry. On the flip side, I'm like, let her let her put her injuries on merch. Let her make money. Let's let's just go ahead and 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 do it. You know, again, I, I think I think guys who uh, who get injured and put their injuries up on you know, posters or t-shirts or whatnot, they, they never get you know they never get chastised for it, but the women, for some reason, we have to, we have to, you know, cover them in bubble wrap and make sure that, you know, even though they're they're out there being competitors and putting their bodies on the line just at the same on the same uh, uh, level as the men are. Oh no, we we, you know, we have to pull back a little bit on them. It can't always be that, um, and, and it annoys me and it irks me. Um, you know, no no one really batted an eye except for you know very bad faith. Uh, actors when um when she decided to make money with uh, with the, uh, the the her her bloodied face uh when she decided to put that on a t-shirt 
after the uh, the Thunder Rosa unsanctioned match, right? No one was bothered about that. But again, I understand that the context of the picture feels a little different. Not, it's not even a question of context. That's a bad choice of words. The, the the impression that the picture gives you is 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 a lot different because uh, because she's gleeful in the bloody in the bloody picture. She's you know she's like she's enjoying it. She's like demented, and there's it's another type of vibe than the the other picture that was uh, that was put out there. Um, I can't sit here and tell you that this you know um, uh, that uh, uh, oh unquestionably uh, domestic abuse survivors. Uh, will detest this. Look, I'm just throwing stuff out here uh, in that regard. Um, I I think there's a lot of grandstanding that ha that is going on in regards to that T-shirt. Again, maybe not the best look because of the way that it's the, the because of the vibe of the T-shirt. But at the same time, it's a pro wrestler putting a doing what pro wrestlers do best. You know, using seminal moments to create merch. To make money. Now, I, I, I can't besmirch that. And I don't think... I, I personally don't think it's in poor taste. I really don't. But again, I can understand if some people are a little more upset, upset about it. But here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. I really like saying that. But, <laughs> but here's the thing in regards to, to the t-shirt argument. The one thing that everyone that everyone who is vehemently against the t-shirt is using as an argument is like, well, would you wear that in public? Who was going to wear that in public? But the thing is, is who wears their, t their wrestling t-shirts in public, period? Do you walk outside wearing your scissor me t-shirts? Your scissor me daddy ass t-shirts? Do you walk around with, 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 with those, right? You know, I know Bullet Club t-shirts are probably a, 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 a far and wide exception, but generally speaking, you know, I, you know, I don't necessarily go do the groceries, you know, at my little supermarket not too far from here. There's no such thing as a little supermarket, but you know what I mean. I head on over to the supermarket with my Redeem D's Nuts t-shirt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you wear your wrestling uh, t-shirts to shows that's kind of the thing that's where you wear them that's where you're usually going to pull them out so if you put on the Britt Baker t-shirt and you go to a wrestling show with it no everyone's gonna get it anyway let's go to the match fun little opener that I thought it was everyone got their shit in you have Rod Roderick Strong here of course his big first match back getting getting a hot tag and doing all the backbreakers and the Olympic slam in his shitty little boots. And that was fantastic. And there was, a, there was something very cathartic I found, oddly cathartic. Like I, I was excited to see him wrestle again to finally be, you know, uncorked, released away from, from, the, from the, the WWE system. And I'm, you know, I'm looking at, you know, and I, I look at him come in and there's, there's, there's like this, there's this relief. And like I said, it's cathartic. Something that I'm, I just look at and I'm like, wow, this is fantastic. And it, it, it struck me as odd. But I, I was glad he was there. And, uh, you know, he got his stuff in. You know, maybe it wasn't, a, you know, a mind-melting uh, experience for his big return. But look, he's on the roster. There'll be other matches. We'll see how things go for him. 
it can't, he can't be any worse off than the previous what two years that he where where he that he spent in the in the system over in in WWE. Orange Cassidy eats a bunch of shit in the heat segment by the heels. Everyone gets their big strikes in at some point. Daniel Garcia continues to apply the best sharpshooter in the business today. And uh, and uh, the match comes to an end when uh, Adam Cole lands the boom for the win. And after the match, because Adam Cole, he saw Chris Jericho come out. He saw him sporting his wife's t-shirt. And he didn't like it. So after the match, Adam Cole, what does he do? I doesn't like stand around and celebrate and throw. He just beelines for Jericho. He just takes a powder and goes straight for the guy, right through commentary, just dives through on him, and he busts up the scenery. He just goes through the 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 uh, the the back the, the 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 backdrop. The curtains are flying. It was fantastic. I thought that was a great little angle there. I thought that was awesome, actually. ruled you know we might as well you know after the commercial we'll just wrap it up here we'll, we're jumping ahead a little bit but you know since we're talking about it he's beaten up. after the commercial security is you know taking adam cole away you know they're basically doing a cm punk here and uh, and they're taking him out of the arena because Jericho is saying, you know, this guy's dangerous. He's unsafe. And then Britt Baker shows up, starts screaming at Jericho, slaps him across the face, tears his T-shirt off. And le leaves Jericho crying <laughs> in the parking lot. I, look, I'm going to tell you, um, this has been a fantastic build of a feud. Just starting off very, very simply, you knew that we were going to get to a feud, you know, the, the day that, you know, Chris Jericho came out to carry Dan Garcia away back in, uh, in March, mid-March, to carry him away, and, 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 and he sort of glanced over the shoulder, like you knew, oh, this is where we're going with this, but everything that they've been adding has been good, it's been simple, it's been effective hasn't been overboard we're not having you know debate club we're not having you know musical numbers we're just having two guys who are building utter resentments against each other and, and uh, who have been building resentments against each other tried to squash it didn't work out because Jericho's an ass as he should be he's the heel and now we're mo moving forward this is just getting tastier and spicier as we keep as it keeps getting as it keeps heating up this is a very good angle story dare we say off to a great start here we backtrack a bit um in the order of the show we get a backstage promo with renee piquette she's chatting with the baby faces of tonight's main event of course the uh the uh, uh the pillars Tag team match. Just talking with Darby Allen and uh, Jack Perry. To be fair, it was okay. When I, when I saw both of those guys come out together, I was like, oh boy, this is, uh, is going to be a tough one. This is going to be, uh, oh boy, this is going to be a rough one. We're going to crack your knuckles, boys. In all fairness, it was okay. Didn't blow me away. 
It was fine. We get another promo. Uh, this time it's from the Blackpool Combat Club. They're all collected together. And they they cut a... Listen, first of all, Danielson starts. He says, there's a certain legend who once said that he is the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. But he didn't have the foresight to realize that someday someone would be better than him. I will tolerate the Brett slander because it is Danielson. Danielson says, you know, the guy, the, the wrestler was going to be better than him. That's me. And if it's not me, it's one of these guys here pointing to the BCC. And he knows there'll be better wrestlers than him one day. And he hopes that the little shit, Wheeler Yuta, will be that the guy who ends up being better than him. Mox then takes over, puts over the match, the, the cage match cage match next week against Kenny Omega, saying they're, they're blades searching for iron to sharpen themselves. He says, Omega Mox in 2023 hits differently, doesn't it? And you know what? Yes, he's right. It, it, it it's an entire it's an entirely different game. This will be what like the third time that they fight each other in AEW, and it feels completely different from their feud. Like, they, like this is a whole other ball game here. And he says the elite were once on the cutting edge of pro wrestling, but now he's not so sure. Listen, if you are not hype, if you are not excited for this cage match next week. On Dynamite, I do not know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. It's amazing stuff. Just fantastic stuff, actually. I'm so stoked. Next week's Dynamite. Look, they, they announced it a little earlier, a little later in the evening. We're getting Daniel Garcia versus Orange Cassidy for the international title. Orange Cassidy continuing to be the unstoppable juggernaut, the workhorse. This is a streak I can get behind because it's been awesome. It's been good. Quality opponents, good matches. Dan Garcia next week, plus Omega Mox in a cage. What are we even doing? Next week is starting to feel like one of those one of one of those AEW shows that 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 we were treated with, you know, late last year, earlier this year, right up until Revolution, one of these appointment viewing shows. Like you, you cannot not watch Dynamite next week. This is like fantastic stuff. Soraya defeated Willow Nightingale. Willow did a lot of the heavy lifting in this match. Uh, am I a broken record? I think I am. I think. What does Soraya bring to the table as far as work goes in 2023? You know, has has she? I she has not been able to work the WWE style out of her bones, and I think it's a. It, it it has been a hindrance to her in 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 world in in, in all elite wrestling. <laughs> it has been a hindrance to her in all elite wrestling, and I think it will continue. I I don't think she has as much upside value as probably Tony Khan expected. 
Willow in the match lands the spine buster and the pounce, but uh, there's distra distractions and whatnot. Uh, she eats the uh, cradle DDT by Soraya, who gets the win. After the match, though, the outcasts gang up on Willow. Then Hikaru Shida music her uh, resounds across the arena. She runs in, and then she joins the outcasts. And then she's setting up to spray paint poor Willow, but Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter show up from behind the outcasts, and they they all team up. Sheeta, it was a swerve. It was a it was a swerve all along. She was never on Team Outcasts because Soraya and Tony Storm were just horrible to her. That one promo or two, it's just horrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm exaggerating. Like this is good continuity. I'm being stupid. So she sides with Britt and Jamie. At least this was a whole this was a whole plan. The heels got outsmarted by the baby faces. The heels got outsmarted by the baby faces. Make a note of this. And so then they they beat up the outcast and they lined them up on the uh, on the mat one next to each other. And then Sheeta spray paints A E W one letter per uh, uh, on each woman. And by God, man. They have been unable to get proper spray paint for the entirety of this angle. From the minute they started using that goddamn green spray paint to paint the L's, it has always been junk. It has always been garbage. She, like, you saw what she was, you know, it was Sheeta when she was doing the letters, you saw she was doing an A, an E, a W, but you couldn't see shit because the whatever spray paint that we're using, they've been using for weeks has always been shit. Why have they not figured out the spray paint for the outcasts angle since it's such an intrinsic part of the gimmick of this angle, spray painting the women they don't like with L's. And this was like the, you know, the, 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 the ironic twist here with the baby faces get the upper hand and then they do the spray painting thing, but with AEW instead of L's. They just have not been able to get proper spray paint. What are they using? Is it hair dye? Is it one of these, you know, like one of these Ron Popeil gimmicks? You know, the, the spray on hair, you remember that? Am I too old? I remember that. The spray on hair, Ron Popeil, look it up. So we're we're getting the teams together slowly but surely. Uh and I I still think we're 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 yeah we are uh inching our way towards a blood and guts. This my official thought. This is it. Blood and guts for the women. Anarchy in the arena for the elite and, uh, and uh, the BCC. Because I want anarchy. I want another anarchy in the arena again. That match was so much fun last year. And most of the participants, most, a lot, yeah, well, at least on the BCC side, right? Are all in, you know, we're all in it last year. And now you throw in the elite, those goofs. Those crazy cuckoo kids. Maybe get a oh, look. I don't, I, I'm, I'm censoring myself here. I'm not going any further. 
Anyway, you get a pre-tape from the House of Black. That's what comes up next. Uh, they toss their titles to the ground. Because they're sick of everything and they hit the bricks. No, I'm kidding. But they do toss the titles to the ground. And they say the titles are tainted because uh, they uh, because uh, people who, uh, who cheat their way uh, to victories uh, never get punished. Something to that effect. Uh, the, what what we need to remember from this from this little uh, vignette is that uh, they uh, they are uh, announcing the creation of the open house challenge. Any trios team has a chance to get a shot at their AEW trios titles. Now, so uh, anyone can jump in, and he there are special rules to the open house, the House of Black open house uh, match. Uh, this, the rules are as follow. 20 count on the floor instead of 10. No rope breaks. And DQs will be enforced at the will of the challengers. Dealer's choice, I believe, uh, uh, leader of the House of Black, Julia Hart, said. Yep, that, that's what I'm going with. That's, that's my head cannon. Um, so basically, yeah. So, uh, you know, some matches could be no DQs and... It's up to the challenger. So we'll see how that develops. Um, and frankly, I, I like this little pre-tape. I think it was good. And you know what? I, I know a lot of people don't like the spooky stuff, but this is not like legitimate spooky stuff. Like they're not, you know, doing like magic tricks and bullshit. You know, they're not, you know, having talking dolls and whatnot. We've got, um, or, you know, like, you know, fucking goo, uh, uh, you know, leaking from your forehead or, you know, having a box-like structure at ringside. <laughs> um, no, now we're, se we're setting up this match. Uh, we're, no, we're setting up this match, but I was talking about the, the, the promo. Yeah, go to bed, Warren. The, um, the, 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 the promo and about itself, I like it. And the House of Black works in the context here because... It's used very sparingly and they look menacing and it's well shot and they don't dwell necessarily on anything supernatural or weird. It's just, it's imagery and it's something, you know, it's something no one else in AEW does. So it works. It connects. It's fine. I think they're a good act in AEW and I think they're better wrestlers. So clearly this is what we're going to set up moving forward. And uh, maybe this was a, it's that led us into you know, oddly enough, the Tres de Mayo Trios Battle Royal. So we had a bunch of, well, I'll run them down really quickly. We had uh, the Acclaimed and Billy Gunn, a bunch of trios teams. Uh, the Acclaimed and Billy Gunn, the Dark Order, made up of Alex Reynolds, John Silver, and Evil Luno. The QTV team of Aaron Solo, Powerhouse Hobbs, and QT Marshall. The Varsity Athletes, Butcher and the Blade, and Kip Sabian. Uh, and the Lucha Bros and El Hijo del Vikingo who were there. And I was like, wow, <laughs> that's a, that's a team I like. Uh, but, uh, they got, they got dispatched. Look, th so essentially they, they did this match, this, this Tres de Mayo Trios Battle Royal without saying what the prize was. But I think we can easily deduce here that this was a, this, this match was established to, uh, to give sort of a, a bird's eye view of all the potential trios uh, teams that 
are around in AEW right now and to isolate one as a possible candidate to answer the house, the open house challenge. Because the acclaimed won this. The final, the, uh, towards the end, there was only the, the, the Butcher Blade Kip team. Uh, Billy Gunn and Anthony Bowens were the only two left of the uh, acclaimed and, and John Silver was, was done. Um, one thing commentary has to stop doing is putting over the Butcher and the Blade as this killer team in these battle royals, right? It's like, oh, they're one of the most dangerous teams in the battle. They have never won one. Just because they throw out dudes doesn't mean that they're, that they're a, a terrifying... They've never won one of these battle royals. So, I, it, it's not working for me. Let's get real here. You claim to overcome... Get the win here. Again, we don't know what they're what they'll win, but clearly we have decided to establish these three guys, you know, the 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 uh, the acclaimed and Billy Gunn as a trio to challenge for the House of Black. And I think when you think about it, it's maybe not the match you wanted, but it's a match that piques your interest. That you're at the very least, yeah, okay, I can see this. I could see, I can see. These six guys mixing it up, and it's interesting, and it's a it's a match that'll get the that'll get the audience into it. I like. I think this is a solid mid card match for the for the double or nothing show. Makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, again, nothing's been announced officially, but I think you know clearly this is the path we're going now. Um, one last one last note here. Uh. Uh, you know the the QTV guys in this tournament, uh, Solo and 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 Marshall, they get tossed out. So Hobbs is all alone left in the ring, right? Um, and remember, was it the QTV last week? I don't know. Like they all sort of mesh together, and you know, and I hate them. Uh, you know, the QT said, "Oh, I'm going to fix this powerhouse. Don't worry, everything's fine." You know, whatever it was, and and you know, if I'm Hobbs. And I see these two nerds getting thrown out of the ring while he's in the ring. He eliminates the Lucha guys. Like, he just single-handedly gets rid of Penta, gets rid of Phoenix, gets rid of Vikingo. Gets rid of them all. And he sees these two nerds get thrown out. His only backup, he's like, he has to break away from these geeks. And not just for the storyline reasons, but for the perception reasons. Yeah, Because, look, I would argue that his own heat... His own actual heat with the crowd fizzled when he started doing the QTV stuff. And even in kayfabe, it fizzled because he lost the title after doing the QTV stuff. The QTV stuff to me right now equals poison. Poison. There's no reason for Hobbs to continue down this path. And he said it himself. You when he got angry at QT, he said, you know, oh, things were going great with the Book of Hobbs and then I join up with you nerds. He didn't say nerds, but that's what he meant. But for real, like, I'm, I am very serious in the idea of Hobbs dumping these idiots or QT Marshall dumping the poor, the very, very poor Q 
QTV segments, recapping TMZ, which in that format hasn't been relevant in decades at this point. You know, <laughs> wrestling has this thing where it's like really old tropes, you know, really old, not tropes, pop culture references seem to have like a, it seemed to come around again. It's like, hey, hey TMZ, they did that. Yeah, they do this, but no one cares anymore. The TMZ model has been exhausted and it, we know what you're doing, but it's not clever, it's not funny. And besides, it's been done over and over and over again in many different media by uh, highly skilled uh, comedic actors and, and, and comedy writers. I like it. This is really a terrible spot for Hobbs. It is a it is a legitimately terrible spot for um, Powerhouse Hobbs here. We go backstage. Rene Paquette is interviewing the heels of the uh, uh, Pillars tag team match. Being MJF and Sammy Guevara, they do some more nonsense. I wasn't paying attention all that much, quite honestly. It looked funny. Kenny Omega then and Don Callis are cutting a promo on Mox. From what he said earlier, Don says, uh, you know, the possible fractured skull and the numerous stitches in his head. And he shows us the scar. It's a bad scar. Right on your fucking forehead like that? That's a hell of a scar. This makes him think of Mox every day. Kenny says it all comes to an end in Detroit. It's personal with him, Don, and the Bucks. No mention of Hangman Page, who I would fully suspect will make a surprise return next week. I think next week's match is going to be chaos. Glorious, beautiful chaos. I hope they time the rest of the show well so that this main event gets the gets the 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 the, the, uh, the savagery it needs, the time that it needs. Or maybe it won't even be the main event. I'm here I am speculating that it might be the main event. They might start the show with this. See next week, won't we? Wardlow gets a squash, defeating Logan Easton LaRue. After the match, Wardlow calls out uh, calls out uh, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. He says he's ready to accept, he's ready for Luchasaurus to accept his open challenge. When they come out, Christian Cage has a mic. I am excited as hell for a Christian Cage promo. Maybe it wasn't the Christian Cage promo I wanted, but the result that I got pleased me nonetheless because Christian Cage told Wardlow, hey, pal, uh, the title shot is not for my right hand of destruction. That title shot is for me. And I'm going to tell you, nice little swerve there again tonight. And immediately, this is the most interesting outcome between the two. Not that I would not have enjoyed a Luchasaurus-Wardlow match where, you know, the, the, the guys are just like, clubbing the shit out of each other but Christian Cage and Wardlow this is something very interesting this is something that uh that is uh captivating and there's enough there are enough possibilities here to make uh to make this match a, a complete toss-up and we'll probably talk about it as we inch closer to double or nothing or maybe during the, the preview show that I of course will be doing uh but uh I I wouldn't discount Christian Cage dethroning Wardlow here 
And when you think about it, it, it could it could make sense. When you think about it, it'd be great actually. Um, but uh, you know, Christian Cage and Wardlow is absolutely a match that I did not again. Not unlike the the acclaimed and uh, and the House of Black, this this is another match where I wasn't necessarily asking for it. I wasn't you know chomping at the bit for it, but now that I got it, I'm like, huh. Well, I think we may have some meat on this bone. All time, all time, uh, all timer veteran Christian Cage with Wardlow. Could be some fantastic synergy here. You want to talk about fantastic? How about that fantastic segment that we got when we came back from commercial where Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh arrive at the Briscoe Chicken Farm to help Mark Briscoe with chores to make up for, you know their failures in the ring and they have just let and 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 satnam singh is in overalls as is uh you know and shirtless in overalls as is sanjay dutt and they're doing shit they're just doing all sorts of you know they're it's just a, a series of cuts a super cut of just goofy pro wrestling shit of satnam singh you know singing to a baby and you know, holding a chicken in his enormous hands, the chicken look, never I, I, a full-grown chicken never looked so small. Just a bunch of goofy but entertaining, well put together stuff. You know, fun. They even teased Jeff Jarrett playing with my baby tonight. Goddamn, baby, big baby face energy. For the person who interrupted that. And who was it? It was Papa Briscoe. Who showed up. Tells Mark, you know, lethal's okay. I don't trust the rest of those. Interesting. You know, Papa Briscoe, he's been around the block a couple of times. He knows how, you know, he's a, he's a, he, he's a smart guy. He has wisdom to impart upon his son. I don't think he I don't think he would have said that if it wasn't meaningful. Great, look, great, well put together, did not stay it, didn't overstay its welcome. You know, the other company, let's the WWE, they would have made like a seven-minute thing out of this, right? Or a five-minute thing. This lasted what two, three minutes? Tops. Did everything it had to do. But no, like, they, you know, anyway. Then we had Ricky Starks defeating Juice Robinson. You know what? I like this match a tremendous deal. I thought this match was, was it, it over-delivered on every possible uh, uh, expectation that you had out of this match. Hard-hitting. Physical. I did not expect it to go this way. I thought it was, not that it was going to be soft, but I, I thought it was going to be a little more formulaic. Now here, they're throwing each other on the floor with back body drops and, you know, Ricky Starks getting thrown into the stairs real hard and he's welting up on his back. 
And then he, he being Ricky Starks, he scoops up Juice Robinson and he he walks up the steel stairs and, 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 and body slams him off onto the floor. Splat! Juice Robinson bumped like hell in this match. He just bumped his ass off. Ricky Starks pulls out a Northern Lights bomb in this match. Some really strong exchanges between the two. But it all comes to a crashing, crashing end for rock hard Juice Robinson with a spear and a Rochambeau from Ricky Starks. Like I said, I really like the match. But I will, you know, uh, two final thoughts. Final thought number one. Is it me or did Ricky Starks have a little bit of boo-boo face in this match? Did he have... I thought his entrance was, uh, you know, when, when he was coming down the ramp, he felt uh, felt a little off to me. Didn't feel focused, didn't feel like he wanted to be there. Do you think that Ricky Starks might be upset with his position right now on the card? I would be. I, I, I can't blame him. I cannot blame him. Last fall he was in a program with uh, you know freshly minted AEW world champion in which Ricky Starks had been given the microphone and allowed to cut promos on MJF and he elevated himself to being a contender although we all knew he was going to lose because it didn't make sense for MJF to drop the title on his first defense especially on free TV Ricky Starks did what every other of the three pillars in the current four pillar feud have been unable to do and that is make himself come across as a big time he did that last fall after that feud with chris jericho which he won handily a fantastic match at uh, at revolution to cap it off he wins this match uh, and, and this feud uh, 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 handily, as I said. Without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt. Beat Jericho in singles matches twice. And then what happens? He gets put into this. Which, you know, he's up with Sean Spears. What, what are we even doing? And this is, this, is a, this is a Tony Khan booking decision. This is, this is unfortunately an example of a Tony Khan, uh, 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 of, a to of a Tony Khan booking problem that he often has is that he often has difficulty landing the follow-ups to big time feuds for guys who are getting themselves over. And right and what whatever he's doing with Ricky Starks right now makes no sense. And Jay White at the same time. And which leads me to uh final thought number 2 here. The travesty that is Ricky Starks and Jay White not cutting promos on each other live in the ring. Like legitimately, two extraordinary mic workers, two skillful shit talkers, 
charismatic, compelling, command an audience. And you're, and you're not, no, we're, uh, no, no, we're gonna just not have them cut promos on each other. This is like, this is a bad, this is a poorly booked feud on many levels. And again, we'll probably, let's revisit this once we get to the Double or Nothing uh, review, preview show, I should say. Because uh, uh, I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed at all. And outside of the fact that these are two wrestlers that I really, really like, and I'm trying real, real hard to get into this feud. Like this match was fantastic, but I can't get I can't get into the feud. It's too. It, what are we even doing? It feels it, it, it feels like a like a bottom of the barrel kind of thing. Anyway, now I say the match was fantastic. It over delivered. It was very good. I enjoyed the match tremendously. I think it might be my match of the night. I think I liked it more than the opener. Oh, spoiler alert, I didn't like the main event. <laughs> as much. Uh, but before we get to the main event, we get another backstage segment with the baby faces, Darby and, and, and Jack Perry from the main event. Uh, Darby Allen leaves the locker room. MJF lands in to talk to Jack Perry to sweet talk him, actually, and to, uh, uh, you know coming to join me at the side of my throne or something like this. And I don't want to be at the side of, the, of your throne. I want your crown, says Jack Perry. And then Darby Allen comes in and he sees the two talking. He thinks they're in cahoots. All the tension. My goodness. Will they be able to coexist? Ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. So Darby Allen and Jack Perry unsurprisingly defeated MJF and Sammy Guevara to make the uh, uh, Double or Nothing main event a four-way match. Um, I've got, look, this was okay, but oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, is this not a good, uh, 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 this is not a good omen to what's going to happen in the main event. Because this, this was uh, flat as a flapjack. And we didn't even have the opportunity to pour maple syrup on top. Or good old-fashioned uh, uh, old pancake syrup. Or, you know, maybe you just like some, uh, maybe you just like some, some melted butter and some brown sugar. Whatever it is. Whatever, top, whatever your topping of choice on your flat, flat pancakes are. We didn't get any of it. I, I, you know, there are things in this match that I appreciated, that I enjoyed. Sammy and MJF worked very old school heel, very even like, you know, very late 80s, early 90s heel work, you know, with the heels hugging each other and looking out for each other. But the baby face, and I appreciated that. But the babyface comebacks were not connecting. That's the problem. And, and you know what? It wasn't connecting with the Baltimore crowd either. They were not into this. I would be worried if I were Tony Khan right now. I would take all four of these guys, sit them down and like, guys, get your shit together. Or just 
fucking double down on the elite in the BCC and make sure that's your that's your draw. There were some cool moments in the match. MJF's counter of the code red into an Alabama slam. I thought it was really fun. Jack Perry landed a, a nice snug little tiger driver. And also, and I was happy to see MJF pull out the Southampton's plunge. Good for him. But you know what? Yeah, yeah, guess what happened in the match? It turns out the heels could not coexist. The heels could not coexist. They got their egos in the way. And uh they were and they couldn't just work it out. What a bunch of dopes. What a bunch of dopes. Baby faces get the win with the coffin drop and we got a four-way. I don't want to rehash everything that I talked about. Anything I could add to this is just a copy and paste of what I said last week because I still think this stinks. I still think this entire angle stinks. If you didn't think that this can they coexist match stunk and that the lead up to it stunk, well, I don't know what to tell you because this was textbook. This was textbook WWE. I couldn't get excited for it and I still can't. And now... The work was there. The guys worked. It wasn't slovenly. It wasn't a dud. We're not talking negative stars here. But this is supposed to be your main event. This is supposed to be the big angle that's supposed to show... That's, a, that's supposed to cap off the Double or Nothing pay-per-view. And it is, it is not even close to being hot. It, it's barely warm. Can't get into it. I'm sorry. Still got a couple of weeks to turn me around, and they could, but <sighs> this ain't looking good. Well, folks, we're going to wrap this up for this week's edition of the AEW Dynamite Review. Thank you very much for watching and or listening. If you're watching on YouTube right now, consider giving a like or even subscribing to the channel. And also a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify would help out a great deal as well and would be very much appreciated. And uh, I will be back on Tuesday with another Mr. Warren Hayes show, so I hope to see you there. In the meantime, thank you all for being here and uh, I'll see you next time.